Hello, hello, hello. This is the Vanilla JavaScript Podcast. I'm Chris Ferdinandi. Thanks so much for joining me. Today, I'm talking about why people choose frameworks over Vanilla.js and debunking some common myths along the way. Before we get started, I wanted to mention that I just, just, just this week opened up registration for the next session of my Vanilla JavaScript Academy, which is my project-based online JavaScript training program for beginners. It starts on October 14th, and it's been completely redesigned this time around based on user feedback and my observations about how people learn JavaScript um, from running a handful of these and seeing what works and what doesn't. Um, from now until this Sunday, you can get 40% off of registration. Um, I think you're really going to enjoy the program. If you want to learn more about it, head over to vanillajsacademy.com. Now, on to today's show. So uh, earlier this year, one of my readers asked me why people choose large frameworks over Vanilla.js. And there are quite a few reasons. Some of them are really valid. Many of them aren't. So let's take a look at some of the more common ones that I see. And I'll give some commentary on why I think they are, aren't valid or why they do or don't make sense. So the most common one I, I hear, honestly, is that Vanilla.js is harder. Um, and candidly, it, it's not. Modern Vanilla.js has taken many of its conventions from libraries and frameworks and is often just as easy to use. Things like getting elements in the DOM, manipulating classes and styles and attributes, and manipulating data sets have gotten incredibly simple over the last few years. And frameworks come with their own headaches. They need to be set up, which is often no simple task, and patched when they get updated. Build systems magically break and stop working. And there are some things for which frameworks genuinely are better, like state-based UI rendering, um, in particular live data that results in small changes rather than entirely new UI. Um, Vanilla.js doesn't have to be an out-of-the-box way to, or Vanilla.js rather doesn't have an out-of-the-box way to do that yet. But that doesn't mean you need a large framework. Um, one of my own um, projects, Reef, handles that for you. Um, there's also options like Svelte or HyperHTML or Preact, which is a smaller version of React that uses the same API. Um, they all do the same thing at a, a fraction of the size or complexity of a typical framework. Uh, another argument I hear a lot is that frameworks have better docs. And to be fair, they do. Um, my biggest gripe with Vanilla.js is how badly it's documented. The Mozilla Developer Network is the closest thing we have to consolidated documentation, and the content quality there varies wildly from method to method and browser API to browser API. Some of them are very, very good. Some of them leave a lot to be desired, or they're written for people who have more of a technical background. Um, that's largely why I started publishing my resources in the first place. I, I wanted to bridge that gap. That said, using a framework doesn't ensure that just anyone can come in and start working on what you've built either. Um, a lot of teams struggle with internal documentation. Uh, their code lacks inline documentation, their project lacks high-level documentation, and if it has any, it's often poorly written. Um, you know, the, the code you build on top of your framework is often just as important as kind of the underlying technology and the, the documentation around that, or lack thereof. This is, in my mind, a, a people problem, not a technology one. Um, another one that I hear quite often is that frameworks enforce code conventions. Eh, kind of, I guess. So like, yeah, Vue and React and Angular have some common conventions, but you can and people sometimes do deviate from them. In fact, one of the things I, I hear from folks about, um, you know, like one of the harder parts of 
doing something in React, for example, is that if you Google the right way, quote unquote, to do something, you'll get five different answers from five different people. Part of what makes the tool so versatile is that you can use it in so many different ways, um, which also means that at the end of the day, you need to enforce certain conventions and structures on your team. And in my mind, this is about having a strong technical lead who can make and enforce architecture and design decisions. Um, it's important whether you use a framework or not. Even within vanilla JS, there are some common conventions that have emerged that people often follow. So there's a couple of different patterns you can choose on a project. Um, you know, do you want to use um, object-oriented, um, uh, you know, an object-oriented approach with prototypal inheritance, or do you want to use, you know, functional patterns, um, things like that. You know, so there's a few different kind of paths you can go down, and um, maybe there's a couple fewer decisions you have to make with a framework, but um, I don't think kind of all these decisions are just automatically handled for you. You still need a technical person to make those and, and kind of steer the direction of the team. So in my mind, again, this is a people problem, not a technology one. Um, another kind of thing I hear all the time is that you know, performance. Um, the thing people really love to tout about frameworks is that they perform at scale. Uh, the virtual DOM, this abstracted JavaScript map of the real DOM is faster and more performant when you're dealing with really large data sets. Um, I've written before about JavaScript performance. I'll throw a link for that down in the show notes. Um, and you know, just because a method or an approach is faster than another doesn't mean that the relatively slower method is objectively slow. For example, the query selector method is slower than get element by ID, but it can still run 7,000 operations a millisecond. That's not slow, that's really fast. Is your app operating at Facebook or Twitter scale? Uh, no, when, when will it be? I, you know, in my mind, we kind of, we hold these tools up as, you know, this performance at scale thing, but most of us don't really have the scale problems that these tools were designed to address. And candidly, we'll probably never get there either. Your performance needs and implications are not the same as the companies that built these tools. And for all this performance talk, we always seem to ignore that larger and more abstracted JavaScript files take longer for browsers to both download and parse. You've gained performance in one place, debatably, while sacrificing it in another. Uh, another thing I hear quite a bit is that vanilla JavaScript means reinventing the wheel. So there's this belief that vanilla JS means hand code every single line of every single thing you build. And I don't agree. I use helper functions and plugins and micro libraries all the time. And honestly, I think you should too. Vanilla.js, in my mind, means leaning on native out-of-the-box methods and APIs as much as possible, and then supplementing them with small, purpose-built tools when needed. A contractor wouldn't use a wrecking ball to hammer in a nail. Um, if she were hanging a painting, she would use a hammer. If she were installing a new roof, she'd probably use a nail gun. You need to pick the tool that's just enough for the job that you're trying to do, but not more. Um, so does this mean you know, never use frameworks? I wouldn't say never. If you're building a large scale application, like literally Facebook, Twitter, QuickBooks scale, the performance wins of a framework make the overhead worth it. If you're using dynamic state-based UIs, some tool to help you do that is a good thing, but I don't think that inherently means like React, Vue, Angular. Maybe that means Reef or HyperHTML or Svelte or something like that. Um, I say start with the native stuff and add in helper functions and small plugins and if that doesn't meet your needs, then consider a framework. And naturally, document your stuff. 
Effective team coding and even effective individual coding is about communication more than tools. Um, uh, you may be wondering, like, why document if you're the only one working on it? Um, but, you know, the reality is if you step away from a code base for six months and come back into it, there's going to be some stuff where you're like, why the hell did I do that? Um, what am I trying to accomplish here? And so kind of documenting that is a gift that current you will give to future you to make the work you're doing easier. Um, so, uh, yeah, so document. That's it for today. If you want to really master JavaScript, don't forget to check out the Vanilla JS Academy at vanillajsacademy.com. The program starts on October 14th. Registration is open now. And until this Sunday, you can save 40% by using the code EARLYBIRD at checkout. Head over to vanillajsacademy.com to learn all about this completely redesigned program. I really think you're going to love it. Thanks so much, and I will see you next time. Cheers.